Hey, you're listening to the Blues Society, a podcast where three animation geeks talk all about Don Blues' signature animated films. My name is Havana. I'm Carrie. And I'm Dee. <laughs> and this episode is very special because we actually have our very first guest. Yay! Say hello. Hello, everyone. My name is Stephanie, and we are getting to relive a vital part of my childhood. Yay! <laughs> so, uh, just for our listeners, Stephanie is actually my long-term partner, and um, he's uh, this movie is very dear to his heart. So I'm very interested in what your thoughts were on uh, rewatching it. Uh, today we are reviewing the classic from uh, 1988, Land Before Time. Yep. So this came out a year after <clears throat> I was born. Great. Uh, so Don't put let's... that on the internet. <laughs> 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 so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, before we even start uh, talking about Land Before Time, did you guys uh, watch this as a kid? Like, was it, uh, how did you feel about yeah, it as sure. I think everybody watched this as a kid like you had no choice. <laughs> like everybody well, watched it as a kid and everybody had those stupid Pizza Hut puppets too. So. The what? The I don't pe- remember this. I know. You were like you not even Pizza two. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't exist I think. <laughs> well now you all know that I'm older. Um, <laughs> so when the, the film came out there were these uh, Pizza Hut had um, these hand puppets that they put out with like the pl- plastic heads and they were a little terrifying um, mm-hmm. looking back but uh, I had Sarah wait you said Pizza Hut Pizza Hut had toys yes ah, I had no idea yeah, about that they did uh, so a uh, funny thing is uh, I guess I, I was kind of neutral about this movie as a kid when I was a little kid I was a super girly girl <laughs> so I was like dinosaurs <laughs> but I did think Sarah was a bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, as a kid, I hated Sarah. I was like, why is she so mean? <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was a kid and I watched this movie, every time Sarah like put her little tail up, I wanted to kick her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Um, so actually when uh, Stephanie and I first dated, one of the uh, biggest differences between the two of us was that uh, I was such an animation fan, you know, like I had, was a big fan of like every Disney movie, I was a big fan of every non-Disney movies back when those were a thing. Um, Stephanie, uh, you did not watch a lot of cartoons, but you did watch this one a whole bunch. Well, I watched a lot of cartoons, just not very many animated films. Oh, yeah. Okay. But right. we did actually watch, uh, actually, quite a few uh, Don Bluth movies yeah. uh, as a child. I mean, obviously, beyond this one, there was also, like, uh, Fight of the Close West. So I, I saw a number of this one. But this one in particular, Quilani and I watched it so much that I think we may have actually uh, introduced physical stress onto the tape. Like, <laughs> there might be legitimate thermal warping on that thing from the sheer number of times we watched it. Wow. wow. There were occasions where I think we watched it three or four times in a single day, and then we would watch it again the next day. Like, we absolutely adored this film. So how old were you when you and your sister watched it a bunch? I honestly don't remember, but it couldn't have, I couldn't have been older than eight, and then she couldn't have been older than five. We still watched it after that, but like, that was probably around the period of the most abuse. (laughs) That's just the only way I can really describe it. Like, I guess, 
I know when I, I remember I got a little bit older and my sister, uh, she would still watch films with that same repetitive nature. And, and when I, when it got to the point where I could no longer be amused by that, but before that period of time, probably just around 10 when I stopped like serially watching the same movie and over and over again. Mm. Uh, but even, but, uh, before that, yeah, this movie was definitely one of those that we watched. Oh, so many times. The best babysitter <laughs> of all time. Nice. Uh, how about did, did you guys have any special um, connection to the film at all? Were you a big fan of it? I mean, as a kid, I definitely watched this over and over again until, ironically, The Lion King came out. <laughs> and then, yeah. I was like, I was all about The Lion King, but like watching it as an adult, I'm seeing all these like parallels. Don't uh, yes, one so of the many things parallels. I noticed was that it did a lot of things in like. Disney Renaissance movie? Yeah. But like before the Disney Renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I mean, even like specifically with the Lion King, there's this article that um it was Carrie's idea to look up and see if there's any like parallels with like uh why there's so many references that happened in this in the Lion King. And uh so the writer, um whose name is Stu Stu Krieger. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, Stu Krieger, um, he's talking about, like, when he first saw The Lion King with his kid, his kid was eight, um, he had no problem with it, it's fine, even, they even, like, took the whole circle of life thing, came from the, li- the land before time first, mm-hmm. and, um, so, like, he had no problem with it, he was like, ultimately there's so many story. uh, this is a direct quote, ultimately there are so- only so many stories and everything is a variation of a recreation, and so, uh, but he was like, his kid was not so much involved. <laughs> he was like, he was as outraged as an eight-year-old could be. Wow. <laughs> he was like, Dad, they ripped you off. <laughs> wow. That's so, hilarious. That's hilarious. His oh eight-year-old God. kid was pissed. <laughs> That's kind of cute. Yeah. He was in his dad's corner. Uh, well, let's go ahead and get into it um so in the movie we kind of start off uh you know with the title and everything but it starts off underwater and underwater you you see like all these little bubbles rising to the top of the screen and the first thing i thought of immediately was little mermaid so little mermaid is like famous for having those little bubbles but i didn't realize when before time did that First. They were showing off first. Yeah, and then, right. Then Disney was like, we can do that the whole movie. <laughs> and so the movie begins with a narrator. Uh, I thought of Attenborough, of course. Yeah. Um, he sets up the scene, uh, of course, like uh, the land like the land is becoming barren. Uh, leaves are dying out. The dinosaurs are all searching for green. Uh, and then we also see these eggs. Uh, we see uh, an egg hatch, and we meet Ducky for a little bit. Another egg hatches. It's Sarah, this Triceratops. And then finally we have a third egg, and that's where we meet Littlefoot for the first time. So basically we learn that uh, Littlefoot's kind. What are they called again? They're called long necks. Long necks. 
Yeah, but what's like the actual name? Rock oh, they're they're oh. We I, are failing all of our five year old selves. Dude, <laughs> I don't know all these names, and I totally. I think they're I think forgot. they're brontosaurus. I think they're yeah. Brontosaurus. I think it is brontosaurus. I'm sure it's some brachiosaurus brachi- expert. Brachiosaurus. Brachiosaurus. There it is. <laughs> Yeah, the oh, keep us honest with these things. <laughs> D the over here with the Google, yes. <laughs> like the true hero. Yeah, so uh, we learned that they are endangered. Uh, uh, there's only a few left, at least according to the narrator. And they're all trying to reach the Great Valley. And this is where we see a scene with uh, a barren tree and there's a single leaf. And the uh, Littlefoot's mom brings it down to Littlefoot and she tells him that this is a tree star and that it's very precious and we're trying to get to a land where we see more of these. And so finally Littlefoot is asking his mom, how do you know this Great Valley exists? And his mom says that she has never seen the Great Valley but she's she knows it's there, and they're heading towards that. They're, they're gonna find the Great Valley. <laughs> uh, I thought this beginning was very Bambi-esque. Uh, Littlefoot <sighs> wanders off, pokes his head around, and he meets Sarah. And Sarah charges at Littlefoot because she thinks that he's like, or he does laugh at her because yeah. something like he thinks she bumped into something. She knows she got squirted in the face by the the bug. The bug yeah, that right. She's playing with. And then, uh, then we learn that these different dinosaur species don't play together because then we hear from Sarah's dad that three horns never play with long necks. It's very fox and houndish. <laughs> um, then finally, you know, we, uh, we see that now Littlefoot and Sarah are separated and all of a sudden a T-Rex comes charging through. Um, the... the Littlefoot's mom starts fighting the T-Rex, and there's an epic dino battle. There's also an earthquake that just happens at the same time. Uh, the ground breaks up, uh, and it fissures, and now a bunch of the dinosaurs are getting separated. And so we see Sarah getting separated from her dad. We see uh, Littlefoot's grandparents uh, be, you know, getting drifted away on another piece of land. And then finally... Um, we see that Littlefoot's mom passes away yep. from the dinosaur or the T-Rex attack. She totally dies. Yes! Like with Mufasa! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dang! And then um, Littlefoot... Uh, let's see. I already lost my place. Um, Littlefoot then uh, bumps into this like old dinosaur. I don't know what species he's at. He's supposed to be a spike tail. But okay. he's a very old spike tail. Gotcha. And then this uh, old... Well, actually, he's, it's called a stegosaurus. Stegosaurus. A spike tail is not a thing. No, no, no. The She's just using the verbiage the from the The verbiage movie. from the film. Oh. Uh, yeah. No, and I don't think he's a stegosaurus because he didn't yep. have the spines on the back. Yeah. He's a stegosaurus. Are you sure? Yes, nope. He did not said. have those. Well, that's what Wikipedia <laughs> says he's a stegosaurus. Well, Wikipedia is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this whole film is wrong if you ask the dinosaur expert. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Lots of fun facts there when we get there. Yes. Anyway. Anyways, this old dinosaur randomly gives him a pep talk about the circle of life. And he comforts Littlefoot. 
in his time of grieving and says that his mother is always with him. I thought it was just rare strange. But that's what he did. And then finally, um, we see Littlefoot grieving. And uh, finally, he sees a tree star fall on top of him. And he hears his mother's voice. His mother's voice is telling him to follow the bright circle to the Great Valley. Let your heart guide you in 80s fashion. And finally, um, he runs into Sarah. And Sarah asserts that a three-horn doesn't need his help. So mm-hmm. she refuses to follow him and just breaks off onto her own way. And that, uh, or she climbs down into the canyon while Littlefoot keeps, you know, trying to head in the, in the direction of the Great Valley. And that is where our first act ends. Cool. So, where <laughs> do we want to start? <laughs> Um, I can I can actually help us out here. So the actual beginning of this film um, was when it was in production and, and it was literally just an idea. Steven Spielberg and Don Bluth came to Stu, what was his last name? Krieger. Krieger. And basically <laughs> said, yeah, basically said, here's an amalgam of ideas, put it together and we'll pay you money for it. And he was like, cool. Um, so one of the things, the things that they were constantly going back and forth about was that they wanted, they wanted to make a Bambi with dinosaur. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, the whole parallels of Bambi. Yes. I did are, notice uh, it was very Bambi-esque yeah. and Fox and the Hound-ish. Yes. yes. And so one of the things that uh, they were really tackling on that front was they wanted to have Bambi, but they also wanted to take Bambi and mesh it with the Rite of Spring from uh, Fantasia, which is the oh. segment that has the dinosaur where we actually see a T-Rex going up against a Brachiosaurus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, or no, it was a Stegosaurus there. But anyway, there's lots of parallels in the, in the fight, not only with... Uh, Littlefoot's mom and the T-Rex, but in a in the very, very, very beginning where we see that primordial soup, it's also taken straight from the Rite of Spring and Fantasia. Mm. So um, there, it, it's weird. It's an interesting mix because you've got Don Bluth so absolutely freaking, you know, inspired by the stuff that Disney created back in the day. But then as the 90s go on, and the Lion King comes around, then the Lion King's pulling straight from Bluth, and it's sort of like this weird yeah. sort of trading, mix and matching going on. Um, mm-hmm. Very incestuous. Yeah, very... <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> In an intellectual sense. Originally, they did not want the film to have any dialogue. Oh, at all. Really? They didn't want any dialogue. Well, that would have put me to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and with, uh, I mean, I understand that the music of, I think it's uh, Horner, something Horner. James. James Horner, I think it is. Um, with with his music, I mean, I think it would still be the music was great, but I'm not really sure. Uh, I would have kept awake during it because the music is so soothing. I mean, <laughs> the, the dinosaur sequence in Fantasia was kind of boring. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even remember that part. <laughs> and I think that's what it would have been like if there was I, no doubt. Yeah, I was that weird kid who was obsessed with Fantasia. Um, I mean, I think all of us were. <laughs> really? I certainly liked Fantasia. So many people I know are like, what's Fantasia? Wow. <laughs> like, okay. Those are people you don't need in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so um, when the production, our production was preceded by a ton of research. So 
Uh, Don Blaise's team actually went to the Natural History Museum in New York and L.A. They also went to the Smithsonian, and they were taking directly from what we knew at the time about dinosaurs. Okay, yes. That was the point that I was going to make. And um, keep in mind the idea of like what a dinosaur looks like has always been really created by an artist, not yes. by exactly. a scientist. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, fun fact, I actually Do had we know, a professor like- who um, used to basically do reconstructions for the Smithsonian uh, for dinosaurs. He was um, like he would like build them like muscle by muscle and try to figure out what it looked like based on the shape Whoa. and size of bones. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And like marks and everything like that on the bones. When did we have that image of like what a dinosaur quote unquote looks like? The very first. Um, I have no idea, but that's a very good question. I want to say it was the century. Yeah, somewhere around that's there. Right. Um, but the thing is, is that even then, this the science that was behind this was still very new right. in comparison to a lot of the other stuff that we've been doing. So their idea of what dinosaurs were, how they moved, what they looked like, what their... I'm, I'm almost actually kind of sure that some of the species weren't actually in the same freaking timeline. No. Yeah. So... Um, okay, it was the early 1800s. 1824. Was 1824. when we had our first... The first um, dinosaur reconstruction that they... Like, where they took bones and tried to figure out what the dinosaur looked like. So that was the very first dinosaur that... The very first dinosaur that anyone ever actually said, okay, so this is what this dinosaur looks like, was a Megalosaurus. Mm-hmm. And, yep, that was in 1824. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so another th- interesting thing is that actually explains Sarah and her punk ass, um, <laughs> is that Sarah was originally a male named Bombo. She acted like a male character. <laughs> <laughs> she got ripped like, whoa. Um, so... It was actually um, uh, George Lucas who was involved in this project as an executive producer. Okay. Who suggested that uh, Bombo be changed to a female and her name was Sarah. Um, and Thank they... God for George Lucas and Steven Spielberg being friends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think one or the other would have been nearly as successful without each other. To yeah. Be yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah, did they explain why they decided to change her to a girl? I couldn't really find anything on that, but I did find out why she was such a punk because <laughs> Stu Krager. Um, actually did a lot of like background work on the characters and backstory on them so he would understand where their voice was coming from. Ah, okay. So with Sarah, his, uh, his backstory for her was that her family, uh, she came from a family of all older brothers. So okay. she was constantly trying to have to prove herself, and yeah. that's where that attitude came from. And, and can you, I mean, you don't see her brothers, but you do see her dad. And, and she mentioned that she had sisters yeah. at one point. Okay. Which is, again, kind of weird, but that is literally a direct quote from Stu Crater, so. Okay. Um, and, yeah. I just assumed that she got it from her dad, because her dad seemed kind of stubborn, and he, he's <laughs> the one who kind of brought this whole idea of the fact that different dinosaur species don't intermingle. Yeah. Which was uh, an element that I completely forgot from this movie. I actually remembered it, but one of the things that I found interesting about this, and I actually have a note about it, is Uh um, it was weird to me that um, 
the idea, like I remember when this film came out or when people talked about it, one of the quotes that was always said outside of Ducky's yup, yup, yup was Sarah's three horns never play with long necks. And it yeah. was constantly quoted. And I'm just like, That's true. Did, was that successful then? Like, what was what they were trying to do successful when that's the quote that they kept pulling out? Yeah. I Well, what do you mean successful? Like, the I, I get what they were trying to do by saying, you know, if we come... To, it's sort of like a really thinly veiled understanding of what racism is. Yeah. But if you're coming in and you're saying... And you have kids quoting the really problematic crap, <laughs> are you really successful in what you're trying to do? It's funny because when I was a kid, we did not quote that part. Everybody, when I okay, when that film came out, when I when I was uh, younger, everybody quoted that part. Huh. What? Wow. I, I really everybody, everybody quoted because that part. That's yeah, no, like no one quoted that part. The late eighties and the early nineties. So, like, I was a kid in the early nineties, and I was a kid. I, like, I was five in the late eighties. Yeah. So. So like. There's, I feel like around that time in between those years, there's been such a push that towards where like in the 90s, black was cool. So um, being prejudiced was not. And it was like it people had gotten past a little bit past like blanket like in your face prejudice and like internalized it instead if they were. So I think as kids, we wouldn't have been that way as much. Yeah. No, I mean, I totally, I, I totally understand that point of view, and I think you're correct. Yeah. Um, I just think that because, again, I also grew up uh, in uh, North Carolina on a military base where kids said all kinds of crap. <laughs> um, and we're in the South in the late 80s, so, I mean, mm-hmm. not that it's an excuse, but it's an explanation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... That might be a thing. An interesting point on the Ruder character. He's the guy. Ruder? Ruder is the character who that... that Oh, the old dinosaur. That rando old dinosaur who yeah. is like, that's sad that your mom died. Bye. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. He has a little pep talk. It was very strange. It was very strange because when they were doing... Um, when they were working on the film, child psychologists were watching this and saying, you can't just not deal with that you have oh, to address it otherwise you're going to scar kids <laughs> um, and so they brought Reuter in as a and who ha- has the same voice as the narrator I don't know if you oh, noticed okay. that um, as a way to kind of address uh, how to deal with grief mm. in a child's in a, in a way that a child could understand yeah and so um, the one thing about this that I found really a little annoying was like okay you have your you have mom die, you have your pep talk, this is how you deal with grief, and then Littlefoot is still dealing with the grieving. And I mean, in much of the same way as he was before, like when uh, when Ducky shows up, it's almost a direct parallel of that little um, paradactyl giving him the, the cherry. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it seems almost not that he's not allowed to grieve, but it seems seems like a repeat of a beat that wasn't necessarily needed. Hmm. Okay. Um, but that's just my my opinion. Yeah, interesting. And so uh, after the after Act One, uh, then we meet Ducky. Um, Ducky kind of just springs up <laughs> in front of Littlefoot. Littlefoot kind of ignores her at first, 
And uh, Littlefoot seemed to have internalized this prejudice because then he's like, oh, long necks don't mess with whatever you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Ducky reveals that she's lost her family as well. And then so Ducky and Littlefoot start hanging out and they start walking in the direction of the Great Valley. And this is where Ducky kind of uh, does the whole don't step on a crack or you break oh. your mama's back. Yeah, <laughs> like, I remember Whoa, that too. Forgot yeah. about that. Uh, Littlefoot yank, yanks on a tree. And this is where we meet uh, Petrie. So Petrie's a little pterodactyl. Mm-hmm. And ter- uh, he kind of falls out of the tree and he reveals that he doesn't know how to fly. And Littlefoot and Ducky find this ludicrous. <laughs> and uh, as... They talk to Petrie, and you know Petrie uh, explains how he doesn't fly. Uh, we see we cut to another scene where we see Sarah in the uh, I guess like the caverns, um, and she's wandering around. She's obviously lost. She trips and she stumbles onto the T Rex, and then like the T Rex has fallen on its back and it's got its eyes closed. It looks dead. And Sarah decides to uh, mess with the T-Rex's corpse. <laughs> it's like the equivalent of poking the dead thing with a yeah. stick. Like, and she's, she starts ramming into him repeatedly, and then he wakes up. And then she screams, she runs away, and this is where we find out the T-Rex is alive. And now they are both running out of, I guess, the canyon, or the... the um, Fisher between the two pieces of land. Uh, we see the trio of Petrie, Ducky, and Littlefoot walking, and Littlefoot gets very irate with Petrie because Petrie can't fly. So as Littlefoot also is messing with his, uh, tree, his star. tree star, his yes, body. Yeah. he was messing with the tree star that was on Littlefoot's back. So Littlefoot um, is trying to get Petrie to fly. And this is where they see Sarah again. Sarah is running from the T-Rex and she stumbles into the trio. Uh, she tells them that she has seen the T-Rex or the, what was it, sharp tooth? Sharp tooth. Except she pretends that she didn't just run away scared. She tells them that she faced them and it, it like, you know, it was no match for her. And she starts like bragging to the Such trio. A punk. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, then Ducky runs into an egg. This is where uh, we see Spike. Spike hatches from the egg. And this is where we get the whole, um, you know, group with the five main characters. The narrator says that this has never been done before. These five different Dinosaurs have never interacted and, and worked together like this before. Uh, they smell tree stars. Uh, there's another earth, or no, it wasn't an earthquake. It was a stampede of long necks that randomly showed up and ate all the trees that they just saw. They then start walking off again. Littlefoot is like, no, this isn't the Great Valley. The Great Valley has more trees and more, more. Uh, you know, that wasn't it. So they keep, they continue to keep walking and then finally um we see that the all the dinosaurs are wandering and they finally fall asleep at first sarah sleeps by herself and all the little dinosaurs go over there to sleep beside her littlefoot's alone and then uh, in the middle of the night randomly uh, i guess ducky and the rest of them wake up they start sleeping with littlefoot 
And then Sarah wakes up and she's like, oh, everyone left me. And then they all sleep like as a group together. It was very back and forth. I thought that was a clunky scene. Yeah, it was kind of weird. <laughs> it was a little weird. And then finally, um, that is the end of the second act. Okay. Yes. So there was one thing you left out about the like tree thing and like, uh, there was one thing that was left out about um, basically when the dinosaurs eat all the other trees, they actually find one tree with not very many leaves on it. Oh, right. That mm-hmm. um, they are getting food from. And then Sarah, like, this is a point of Sarah is stubborn almost this entire movie. Mm-hmm. So Sarah's like, I can make my own food. And then Littlefoot just lets her keep ramming into like a the rock of a tree that has nothing <laughs> on it. Yeah. <laughs> The roots of another tree um, that's like hanging over a cliff, and she's hit, she's just headbutting the cliff and the roots, thinking that like leaves are gonna drop, and he throws leaves down, and she's like, "See, I did it myself." Oh my god, <laughs> that annoyed me so much because it's just like, first of all, she was making fun of them yeah. for stacking on top of each other to get to the leaves. Yeah, and then she didn't help at all. Yes, that's true. Oh man, you know who she reminds me of? She reminds me of Lucy from Charlie Brown. Yes, yeah, oh, Lucy yeah. Angelica esque vibe. Yes, yes. Angelica. That was what I kept yeah. thinking of the entire time was Angelica. You stupid babies. Bitchy <laughs> yes. ass little girl. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like she's just stubborn the whole movie, and then like, but they still continue to try and help her yeah. despite it all. Which is kind of like goes back to when Littlefoot meets Ducky and he's like, Long necks don't talk to whatever you are. Yeah. And then he's just like, he learns that prejudice from Sarah despite his own nature, but then like his, the na- like his nature wins out in the end because like it almost immediately Ducky is just like, I'm alone. And he's like, really? Do you want to come with me? Like, <laughs> let's be friends. <laughs> like, that was very short-lived. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he, he can't even help be, like, he can't be prejudiced. <laughs> no. One of the things I actually really like about Littlefoot is he's a character that has, like, he has a lot of spunk, obviously, but there's this almost maternal quality to him when yeah. it comes to the other mm-hmm. when the other so it's like whenever I want like the whole thing that he did with the leaves throwing over Sarah when she was being stubborn <laughs> to me like that is something a mom would do right <laughs> Littlefoot is a mom yeah <laughs> like, he doesn't correct her when she like says I did it myself <laughs> yeah, like, he, he just kind of lets her yeah that was a very just, just let her have it just let her have it she needs this right now <laughs> true like you have these like very gendered roles but by you you know being played out by opposite gender characters yeah and i think that's that's interesting at least to me watching it it actually helped me relate to a male character Mm -hmm. when i was younger yeah and i think uh sarah in some ways had a lot of Guys, a lot of boys at that age, you know, relating to Sarah. I still thought she was a punk. No, she's a total punk. But then they also, every single boy that I knew didn't care about Littlefoot. They didn't care about Spike. Everybody cared about Sarah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't. We live in very different towns. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and times. Because yeah. to me, I feel like if Sarah was a male character i think boys would like her but because she is a female character i think they find her bitchy 
Which cheers. <laughs> there is that double standard. I also yeah. love the fact that she's allowed to be a bitchy character. Yeah, I, and I, I will say that. Like, I do like how she's written. Um, I wouldn't really change her. She's kind of like a fun character to, to dislike. Yeah. yeah. But also, I like that they kind of were a little creative and, um, you know, didn't make her a boy character yeah. that, you know, th- this was a female bully, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was interesting. It gives female bullies somebody to look up to. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but yes. Oh, and Pichu was my favorite. <laughs> I love yeah. him. As a kid, I think Ducky was my favorite. Yeah. And then I also liked Petrie though. Yeah. But like... Exactly. Like, even as a kid, I used to just, like, always, I'd be walking around, and my mom would be like, do this thing, and I'd be like, yep, yep, yep. Oh, yeah. I remember in elementary school, everybody was saying that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, afterwards, uh, we see that, you know, Sarah wakes up, and she sees that the T-Rexes are there, the sharp teeth are there, and... Then they wake up, they freak out, they run off, uh, they eventually get away from the T-Rex, and uh, I forgot like how this exactly happened, but Sarah tells Littlefoot that no one's safe around you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah it was pretty the... cold, man. Uh, then they, I guess like the other dinosaur, or um, I guess the dinosaurs get fed up, and they're just like, Littlefoot, where are we going? Like this is not we're we're going around in circles. Like we've been walking forever. Well, it wasn't it wasn't just um, the other dinosaurs. What had happened was that they they got to there there was like um like a, s- a slight dust storm. Yes. And then the dust storm cleared, and they thought they were at the Great Valley, but then they looked around and they just yes. see this desolate wasteland. And then Sarah starts saying that she just doesn't see the point of following him anymore. He clearly doesn't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um. I think her and Littlefoot have a fight over it. Yes. She goes in one direction, and her direction is on a very, like, flat level plane. It looks like an easy way to go, and there are a lot of um, uh, footprints from other dinosaurs, so it's clearly the easier route. So she goes on that route, and other people have gone on that route. Littlefoot, on the other hand, goes up, like, some ravine with, like, like, lots of, you know, irregular stones everywhere, like, not even a flat path. Mm -hmm. Um, He managed to get out there. Petrie attempts to follow him, uh, and he keeps falling down because he can't get good footing. On top of that, like, Ducky's just kind of there watching to see which way to go, and then when Petrie finally falls down, she's like, well... We just can't follow you, so we're just going to go after Sarah. Wait for us, Sarah. And, you know, he kind of sulks off, like, fine. I mean, I'm going to go this way. You guys go that way. Yeah. <laughs> so they split ways, and uh, Littlefoot is, you know, uh, again, as Chef even pointed out, he goes off in his own way. And then we cut to where Sarah and the rest of them are, and there's, like, volcanoes and little lava pits, and Petrie... Like, they're clearly in trouble. Uh, Littlefoot, uh, and uh, we see that, um, like, Petrie falls into some sludge. Um, they're all having a hard time getting through this new terrain with the lava and everything. Uh, Littlefoot comes back just in time to see that uh, Ducky and Petrie and Spike are all struggling. And so, uh, Littlefoot goes to save them. Sarah is being chased by some, uh, 
and I, I don't know what these dinosaurs are called, but oh. these three different dinosaurs are chasing after her, and the others, uh, Littlefoot, Spike, and Petrie, and Ducky, are all like covered in sludge, and they chase off these other three dinosaurs that chase around Sarah. And then Sarah is like terrified of the sludge monster that just appeared out of nowhere. And the sludge monster grabs Sarah, but then she she realizes that the sludge monster is actually the rest of the crew. Mm-hmm. And they're all laughing because she was scared. And of course, Sarah is like too stubborn. She's like, I knew it was you all along. I wasn't, I wasn't scared. And so she walks off. Her feelings hurt. Her pride hurt. Like she's just... Uh, again, being very stubborn, but we see we, we see that when she gets away from everyone else, she sobs like she she's openly hates, upset. Yeah, she's very upset that she picked the wrong way when she got she put everyone in danger. And so then uh, we see that the T Rex is wandering around, and uh, the little foot in the gang devise a plan to get rid of him. Uh, so. They use Ducky as bait to lure out the T-Rex. The T-Rex then falls into uh, a pit of water. And Littlefoot and um, uh, Petrie are trying to push... uh, Spike, Littlefoot, and Petrie are trying to push a rock on top of the T-Rex. And they they just can't do it. The T-Rex hops onto... Like, somehow leaps up onto the rock. (laughs) (laughs) Even though it's like on top of a cliff. Like a small cliff. And then Sarah comes charging out from out of nowhere and like rams into the rock, pushing the rock and the T-Rex over. And of course, now, uh, you know, the T-Rex has fallen over uh, off the cliff and Petrie goes off with him. Also, Petrie learns to fly in this scene. Yeah. Um, trying to get away from the T-Rex. And uh, they all think Petrie is dead. Of course, a like, 80s and 90s cartoons love your fake out. They really did, though. Uh, but Petrie is not dead. He is very much alive, and he can fly now. Finally, we see up in the sky uh, the form, you know, the, squir- the cloud swirl around, and it takes the shape of Littlefoot's mom. And Littlefoot is telling this cloud shape, it's just too hard. Uh, I can't, I can't go any longer like we're lost and she the the, she hears or he hears her voice and she's like no come to the great valley and then he chases the clouds and it magically takes them to the great valley and it's lush with green there's water there's other dinosaurs they're frolicking Everybody else's family is there. Yes, they yeah, found their They reunite with their families. They found the cookout. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they frolic. We have a very long flashback that seems to be a string of random scenes from early in the movie. This is what animators do when they want to lengthen something. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, uh, you know, they lived happily ever after in the valley. Yeah. And that is where the movie ends. The name of those dinosaurs that were her, uh, attacking Sarah are, this is a mouthful, yeah, it's Pachyencephalosaurus. Yeah, oh. I had looked it up. Can we say that one more time? Pachyencephalosaurus. Okay, wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it looks as, just as intimidating s- as it sounds. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is a crazy word. Um, so I'm just gonna say that we're gonna butcher every single type of dinosaur in this movie except for Tyrannosaurus Rex because that's easy. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's easy because we've been trained to say it. And for Triceratops. Yes. yes. Right. And we can say Triceratops. That's the only that's actually easy did. one. Yeah. Like uh, Ducky's name is uh, what is it? Saralophus or something yes. like that. Saralophus. 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 I think it's Saralophus. Saralophus. I think so. If it's Latin. If it's yeah, Latin yeah. based. If it's Greek based, I don't know. Yeah. Um. So, what did we think of that last, the last act? Um. Stephanie, you had a really good point. Yes. When. When, it's more um, throughout the entire film. Yes, but so um, during the part where Littlefoot and the others kind of part ways because like Littlefoot's path is too hard, uh, you were mentioning... Um, well, throughout the movie, there seemed to be hinting at like, um, I guess, uh, 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 the nature of faith yes. in it. And, um, even from the very beginning, even from the very the beginning, his mother saying, was saying like he was asking his mother like, "How do you know the Great Valley exists?" And she's like, "You know, you've never seen." It. And she's like, "Well, I don't know, but I just I, I I've never seen it, but I just know it's there. Yeah. Like, you know, you've just got to believe." And there just mm-hmm. seem there are little bits and pieces of like religious allegory. Well, not religious allegory, but like. Uh, uh, appeals to faith throughout yeah, the entire film right. and then of course towards the end like him knowing you know the right way is just like him having faith in the great valley and his like instructions on how to do it and like the whole scene where that dust storm came up and then there was nothing but a barren waste on it was like a test of their faith and Sarah, you know, and the others, they took the easy path, you know, like, I guess, like, the path of sin, if you want to look at it from that particular perspective. Yes, because they didn't believe. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be from a religious perspective, especially uh, not necessarily from a Christianic perspective, as much as, like, if you, like, actually believe that you're doing the right thing, you should, like, stick to your your beliefs and so like when um littlefoot is like this is the way because my mother told me this is the way and i know that this is how this has to be the way everybody was going this way we should go the right course Mm -hmm. i guess the reason why i feel like it's more of a vague not not like overt but a vaguely religious uh, method because they didn't have to tell the story that way they could have given other reasons for him to suspect or know that the great valley was there i mean he had there were two grandparents they could have even been like no we were actually from there instead they left it as a bit of a mystery which is kind of like an integral aspect of any religion not just christianity but of course the reason why i would suggest christianity is i mean it is a film made by uh um, uh, you know well, I wasn't thinking necessarily about a woman, but I was thinking... No. Norman. 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 Technically, the writer isn't Mormon, and the writer was the one who created the story. Yeah, but Regardless. the director is a Mormon. Yeah. So Don Bluth it had like, work on, worked on the script with him. I mean, regardless of that, the, the reason why the I'm saying it's just this was from was from Don Bluth. So, well, the reason why I was saying this was just in general because it was made for like a general audience in the United States, and you don't really want to rock the boat. And the 80s, those are fairly yeah. common arguments that I remember growing up because there were a lot of evangelicals. Mm-hmm. Um, in the neighborhood where my parents moved when we were like in middle school so we, we heard arguments like that a lot mm-hmm. and on top of that I mean the moment that uh, the others stray off the path 
they're literally in a lake of fire, <laughs> like almost immediately. And that's, I mean, if you ever you ever go to a Baptist church, you'll hear a lot about the lake of fire. Yes, casting souls in the lake of fire, and you know, hell is hell is not just a punishment. Hell is the absence of faith. Like that's what it is, the absence of God's light and things like that. And the, the moment they stray off there, I mean, it's not just, oh, we're lost and hungry and we're confused. We better double back and find Littlefoot. It's like, oh, no, we're in a lake of fire. And the head of the people who led us astray is now being chased around by demons. <laughs> <laughs> and I did notice um, they did follow, or uh, Sarah and the rest follow that path because I, like there were a lot of footprints. Mm-hmm. Um that way too. Yeah. So like, but other... then we see all the skeletons. Yeah. <laughs> they were also led astray. Also yeah, I thought astray. that was very interesting. But uh, what do you guys think of the movie? Um, I would say. So oh. One thing. Yes. That kept bothering me throughout the film. Uh huh. Three star. The tree star. Yeah. It was really inconsistent in the scene. Right? It, it bothered me so much. Wait, what? What do you mean? It would be on his back. Ducky <laughs> would have it. Then the next scene is just gone. It's yes. just gone. <laughs> then a scene reappears. later, it's like on the path beside them, and they're all walking and leaving it behind. And then another scene later, it's back in Ducky's hand again. It's like, <laughs> just hold on to the thing, like Jesus. <laughs> I agree. That's one of the things that I was actually noticing, too. It was like, they're incredibly inconsistent with where this tree star is. Like, if it's precious mm-hmm. as Littlefoot wants to put it, why the hell is he leaving it on the ground? Why, like, why does he let Ducky take it? Yeah, right? And Or Petrie, either one of them. Like, it's just... I mean, not Ducky, Petrie. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, uh, yeah, interesting. Oh, and, D, you and I noticed... Spike changed. Oh my sizes. god. Yeah. Spike grew like five times in the same fifteen seconds. <laughs> yes. Like so he literally when... was born and then all of a sudden he was giant. <laughs> so fun fact on Spike, he was actually based off of Don Bluth's dog named Cubby. No. It's a chow chow. Oh this is I mean, all the dinosaurs are very mammalian. Yeah. I mean, even, even the way they acted, like, they were always constantly licking. One and, like, snuggling, yeah, like, yeah. nuzzling each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, I bring that up about Spike's size. Is, uh, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, uh, Dee has noticed that uh, oh. their size consistency is a big issue in a lot of Don Booth scenes. Like, what on earth? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm still not over the whole, like, the rest, not the rescuers. Um, uh, American Tail? Oh, yeah, an American Tail. And then, like, the Chicken head man. rat. Uh, yeah. What was his name? Warren Warrington. Warren T. Rat. Yeah, that's what it was. Who As was a in- cat? <laughs> he was a cat. Yeah. And his name is Warranty. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he was a rat, but he was a cat. <laughs> so, like, so far, so this is the third film we've reviewed. How does it compare to the other two Bluth movies we've seen so far? I feel like, well, it has a very visceral reaction. It, it, it evokes a very visceral reaction. It's not as strong as the others yeah yeah personally yeah i think i like the secret of nim better okay just because like the the story of the secret of nim resonated with me more than this did this time around i agree yeah i think the secret of nim for me too actually yeah but i will say that um 
I also found it interesting how like, we've been we're talking about the parallels to the Lion King and things like that. Um, there's just so much of it that felt like the circle of life being used. Um, Littlefoot's mom being like the OG cloud parent. And- yes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't. I, I, again, I didn't remember that part. I was like, but that's totally a Mufasa move. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I thought that was really interesting. A little foot looking into the water. Yeah. And the tree star and seeing his reflection while his mother talked. Yeah. Um, so exactly. things like that. Um, it, it's just little stuff like that that I was noticing. Another interesting fact is that that might deal, that might explain some of the continuity issues mm-hmm. especially in the t-rex scenes yeah um there was about 10 minutes of footage that were taken out of the film 10 minutes of animated yes like animated wow. footage like they finished the animation yes and wow. they took it out because they were trying to get a g rating oh and uh the reason why is because they the a lot of the scenes where uh you had the the t-rex or my thought i have a theory that that scene where um sarah's being chased by this how do you say it again <laughs> the oh damn it oh no packy uh packy sella packy sella packy sella this I'm just, I'm just gonna call it the Pax itself it's dinosaur. The um, <laughs> but the Pax itself dinosaurs are the ones. Okay, so that's 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 not Latin. There's there's a there's a common English name. Oh, but it's not um with um it's not the eating. Anyways, let's the move end, on. This is not interesting to our podcast. Yeah. Packy and Pax. It's right here. Pachycelosaurus. I'm so sorry, Elizabeth. Pachycelosaurus. <laughs> it's Pachycephalosaurus. Oh, cephal. Yeah, that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's Cephalosan. Oh wow. Not Cephaloso. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you for my. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, so she's running from those dinosaurs and. Uh, we. I'm almost positive. My theory is that part of those 10 minutes is that scene because it felt like the instant uh, they cut away from um, from basically the other di- Littlefoot and gang, you know, in the tar. Yeah. Like, it just... All of a sudden, Sarah was, you know, being chased by these things that came out of That's nowhere. That's true. They it, did, yeah. The three dinosaurs did come out of nowhere. It just felt like, okay. And also, those dinosaurs are actually um, herbivores. So... <laughs> so they're, like, Maybe their they helmet were just heads like... are actually just for defense. So there's literally no reason. Huh. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. That is interesting, Don. You gotta, you gotta work on your. Well, maybe they were just. Well, yeah, movies. we don't really know if they were trying to eat her. Maybe they just maybe. wanted to kill her. Oh well, yeah, maybe <laughs> but, they were in their territory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. Just uh, murderous for no reason. Look, I mean, look, look! Littlefoot in... was ready to murk a T Rex. <laughs> they're, they, they they're, they're in this like extraordinarily austere land. Like everything around them is dying. For all we know, maybe Sarah was about to eat some like plants, and they're like, "Well, that's not gonna." happen that's our food I'm not gonna share it with her <laughs> that's yeah true. that's that's true can't but, eat it all right now but 
It'll be here tomorrow. She's not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It seemed like she was very intent on just walking. She was walking fast, too, because like she was losing everybody else and not like paying attention to if anybody was behind yeah, her. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, you hear Petrie? Screaming that he's fallen and she just walks away. And I'm just well, like, Sarah, don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have already established that. Yeah, yeah, they were so. like, We're going with you, Sarah. Wait up. And then she's, she's like, like, She could less. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to start uh, going through the Bluth rubric? The Bluth Rick? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Yes, so, Shepany, uh, because you are a newbie, uh, we try to, we have a rubric where we kind of talk about these different aspects and kind of, like, see, like, uh, I guess judge them on uh, this rubric. So we are judging the movie on story, cultural impact, animation and art, music, and then basically does it hold up to today's standard, I guess. So, first the story. Well, how would you guys rate the story? Like out of how? what? Three out of five. I mean, sorry. No. <laughs> I guess that's your rating. Out of five, out of uh, five. how would you rate the uh, the story? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I probably would give it a three out of five. Like, I don't want to give it a low rating, necessarily. I mean, it was a very simple story. Yeah. yeah, it's just that. It was just simple. It was, like, very... Very. Yeah. I don't want to use a word and think and think it means what it does not mean. <laughs> but there's a word in my brain, so I'm gonna look it up. But yeah, I, part of me wonders if I didn't see Lion King first, would I rate the story higher? Because I, I just felt like oh, okay, yeah. a lot of this is very Bambi esque, Lion King esque. I guess for me, when I had like two little issues with the first one, I felt like the pacing was really, really fast. Yeah. Like you didn't really get to spend that much time with his mother, and like outside of being his mom, she didn't really seem to have much of like a personality. Like, like Mufasa, for example, you know, he wasn't just Simba's dad; he was the king, he was the leader. You know, you you knew certain personality traits that he could be stern, but he fair. Had, yeah, and he had a personality like yeah. the fact that he would you know teach you know he he would like threaten to teach uh simba pouncing using zazu like that's right. something like he had a he had we, a you see mufasa also interact with scar yeah. and brother um, yeah, he, yeah he has a world outside of simba whereas Littlefoot's mother is just Littlefoot's mom. The only thing we know yeah. about her is but nurture. That's... She does have some wicked tail whip action. Oh yeah, she does. <laughs> well, she yeah. She does hold herself against. I mean, I, that, that, was, that was cool, but it's not really like yeah, it's character, not a character development. Yeah, I, yeah I it was like, like it was fast in the wrong places. Like I, I felt like. Uh, Sarah's dad had more personality. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He seemed like, like even, not just not just in terms of the word he saw him, but even in terms of the way that Sarah interacted with him. Like you could, <clears throat> he feel the echoes of her father from the way that he was introduced yeah. to us. Yeah, like true. there was more of him there. Like you could tell it wasn't just that he was a dinoist species. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could also tell that he's he's probably a little bit of an, he strikes me as that guy who really wanted a son and just had his fifth daughter. <laughs> You know and the way that he was, the way that he he raised her, and the way that she behaved. Like you could feel that That's there, true. and that that just moved the past. And then later on in the movie, like towards like I guess like the middle of the third act, mm-hmm. like it just seemed like 
first they're all just kind of hanging out and they're all just trying to survive. And now all of a sudden we're like getting these issues of Littlefoot's leadership being questioned. And it didn't feel like that had been built up at all. Like it went from just, oh, we're all traveling here together. We have no problem to, oh yeah, by the way, Littlefoot, you're completely incompetent. Why are we following? I should be the captain of this ship. Yeah. And they're also like, we were we were given earlier in the film these breadcrumbs the, oh, a breadcrumb of how you would know where the Great Valley was by where the sun sets right and it makes sense that's west, but then Littlefoot starts mentioning like landmarks and we weren't told any of this like this was never conveyed to us so I just felt like those were things that kind of made the movie a little bit weaker than it what otherwise do you mean would. He starts mentioning yeah that? like the ro- the rock that looks like a long neck. His mom his mom's that at the beginning. She did. Yeah. Say that? Okay. I, Rocks I that thinking. looks like the long necks, uh, the fields of fire, lakes of fire. Oh really? Now, like I, I have no idea how I missed that scene. Though. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it wasn't uh, really well. Sp- I think it was different because in, well, in the very that, beginning she says it one way. My, my criticism. No, I mean, well, it, she says it that one way. Well, yeah, but I think it, there's still some founding to it because in the beginning she says it one way. And then during that, you know, you are my child and I'm talking to you through water scene, um, she says it like a completely not, a, di- a completely different way. And then uh... I swear to God, she meant she forgets one of them. Huh. Well, I, I mean, could be wrong. She, whether, if, 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 as long as she said it, then I don't really have an issue with that. the fire. Something, I remember the rocks, the rocks that burn. That's what it is. The rocks that burn. Oh. Um, though, there is one thing I want to mention about little Littlefoot's mom that really annoyed me. Yeah? I hate her dialogue because it sounds like every single time she speaks, she's reading a letter. Dear Littlefoot, like, like, my dear Littlefoot, like, I'm just like, you don't know, (laughs) just this doesn't work. And it was really frustrating because it almost felt like she didn't, it eviscerated any point of her actually seeming to have a personality. Yeah. Like, I mean, even just like. Was it just bad voice acting, do you think? No, I think it was bad writing. Because if you say something like, uh, my dear Littlefoot, you know, you would say, I mean, just in that itself, like... No one talks like that. No one talks like that outside of a letter. And, I mean, even if somebody did talk like that when, you know, let's say that Don Bluth pulled that from his own mother. Cool. He grew up in the 30s. Like, you're making... Like, come on. You can do better than this. How much do you think is like Don Bluth's writing and how much do you think is Stu Kruger because like I feel like we, that's fair we we blame a lot on Don Bluth and he's not the one who re- wrote the dialogue he may have been like like I feel like in this case it was more like a um uh, that's fair like that's a Marvel fair. standpoint like here's what I want you to do <laughs> yeah now go do it <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that is that's actually very fair so maybe it's more of a Stu thing but I just I was very frustrated with that because it felt like every single other character had personality. Yeah. Than the people who were the most important to little to Littlefoot, even his grandparents. I do they say a freaking nope. word? Like, <laughs> no. They just no. they just go <laughs> and yeah. move on, and it's just like wow. Okay. Yeah. That I, was one thing that bothered me. Uh-huh. By the way, during the fight with the sharp tooth, who are the grandparents? Who are the grandparents? Right. I don't know, but they could have all taken on that, and <laughs> and I mean, honestly, none of the adults tried to save their children. No, 
Except oh, yeah. for her. Except for her. Except yeah. for they the just mom. went on to the great valley. They did. Yeah. They were just like, yep, not gonna look at that. I got the dad. <laughs> <laughs> While their children are desperately looking for yeah, the Yeah, I do kind of like that whole thing. Like Sarah's like trying to find the path across. Good. Sarah's <laughs> trying to find the path across, but her dad's just gone off. Like he's like, I got other daughters. It's fine. <laughs> yes, that's very true because they clearly see each other yeah. on each side of the uh, the gap. Um, I mean, yeah. maybe they're like mm-hmm. talking to each other, like, okay, uh, you'll find us. Bye. You'll find us. <laughs> we're gonna go to the Great Valley. Um, we're going this way. So, you follow us as long as you can. Also, why was Littlefoot the only one with instructions? I don't know. That's another thing that kind of bothered me. And where was Petrie's Petrie's family? Petrie's family was like, you can't fly, bye. Like, (laughs) the the, the, whole ravine wouldn't have meant a damn thing to them. (laughs) Pterodons would just be like, we're coming over, we're going to get you, son. We'll just go this way. We'll just get you, son. Like they could have literally just come and been like, okay, we're here with you now. I guess we'll just go this way That's now. true. They really did abandon his ass. Yeah, they did. Damn. <laughs> Poor Petrie. Oh, <laughs> Good God. <laughs> All right. So, uh, cultural impact. What was the cultural impact? Or how would you rate the cultural impact? I kind of forgot. Oh, uh, I don't. I wish I did research on what was happening oh, in 1988. And what movies were coming out, but uh, we mentioned a couple of things like the fact that Sarah Sarah's character would have traditionally been male, like a male bully, mm-hmm. but they changed her gender. Oh, you know what? I did like that Wolffoot, even though he was male, uh, he had definite emotions. Mm-hmm. Like he mm-hmm. emoted a lot. Aww. Like he cries so much in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, Aw. I mean, the only character that didn't have emotions was uh, Spike because he couldn't speak. Well, I, I don't know. I think Spike even had more emotion too. Yeah, Spike definitely he, had emotion. He would whenever he got like scared, he, he would just like oh. shove his head against the ground. Yeah, that's true. He's like a little scaredy cat. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, like even as a kid, I even loved Spike. I was just like, oh, he's a terrible. Oh. <laughs> Let's see, 1988 movies include yeah. um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? <gasps> yes. Uh, Die Hard came out that year. Oh, Die Hard. Nice. Coming to America. Like uh, Beetlejuice. That's a bad, that, that's a hard year. That's yeah. A hard year. Speaking of there Beetlejuice. There are a lot of classic movies. I also feel like a lot of its novelty probably got overwritten by both The Lion King and Jurassic Park, which only came out a couple of years yeah. later. Yeah. Yes. So, well, go ahead. Jurassic Park, well, technically they came out about seven years later so. I mean even so like going forward because like the, you know these animated films I mean you know you think about movies like even the fox and the hound which wasn't that big movie. kids still kind of watch that today and everyone yeah. still kind of remembers that but like this movie was at least for me I remember watching it but in terms of like its significance of like oh that's a cool dinosaur movie I don't think of it in that respect at all so listeners here's a question for you uh use hashtag blues society mm-hmm. and tell us uh in your experience how did you watch this film as a kid no matter what age you are do your kids watch this let us know yeah. um on through twitter or facebook because yeah. yeah that would be I'm interesting curious. to find out because i actually think the opposite Stephanie. really like i think fewer kids I hear fewer references and things to Fox and the Hound, but a lot of 
nostalgia around Land Before Time. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. in uh, regards to cultural impact, I, I mean, there were so many damn sequels of this thing. Yes. Yeah. I think there was it, 14. 14. 14 sequels, and Don Bluth had nothing to do with any of them other than being credited as a producer because he was the guy who originally worked on it. Yeah, yeah that's I it. Thought- In fact, I think we should turn back to Stu Krieger and how um, oh, <laughs> he was. Uh, so he was approached by Universal to make this move uh, to make the sequels to do the writing, and he turned them down and said, respectively, "Thank you, but no." And then he goes on to say, um, you know, I would rather be the guy who does one movie and done than the poor asshole, basically, (laughs) who does a bunch of straight-to-DVD sequels and nobody cares about. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, do we know when the first sequel came out? When did oh, uh, Living for Time 2 come a out? Good question. That is a very good Because question. I wonder, like, how much time passed before. Uh, As a I, kid, I personally loved 1, 2, and 3, and then I was done with them. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I never saw any of them. The only what? thing I remember, and I think it was because it was an Amblin film. Yeah. Which this was considered an Amblin. Don the Bush, original? This, the original is considered an Amblin film. I baked. Wow. It was 1994. 1994 was when the Land Before Time 2 came out. And Land Before Time, the original, came out in 88. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it was quite some time. So I remember, I don't know if you guys know this, but Balto was an Amblin film Uh done by Spielberg. And I remember in the very front of that film when it came out, they were advertising, I think it was the third Land Before Mm -hmm. Time movie. And all I remember is that stupid water song. What was that? It was like when you're big, you can do anything you want to do. Oh, I vaguely remember. Oh, that. the rules that grown up today, they don't apply to you. <laughs> yes! Oh, wow. So, um, was, but were the sequels by Amblin or someone else? I don't know. I haven't, I really wasn't able to find much about yeah. the sequels other than that they existed and that people have listicles about which ones are the best. And I'm just like, <laughs> they're not. None of them are the best. I just, yeah. they need to be. Extinguished. I don't really even remember. Uh, like, I think I'm with D. I think I watched up to Land Before Time 3. But I don't really remember the storylines for 2 or 3. So, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, they were really milking that one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I say that people... I hear fewer references um, to Fox and the Hound. But even if you don't remember the original Land Before Time... Like, people reference... I mean, because people think it's all Don Blue. Or people yeah. think it's all, like, the official... Whatever. But they were straight to DVD. Yeah. Or straight to VHS <laughs> uh, releases. So. I mean, they, they went on long enough, eventually, they probably were straight to DVD. I just wonder, like, why there were so many? Yeah, I don't... There's maybe just... Who was the market for it? Like, who was still buying it? I mean, little, little kids. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, definitely. Like I said, I definitely watched two and three as well. And, like, yeah. was, like, all for it as a kid. There was an animated series. There was. It was a an, series. An animated series came out in 2007. Um, oh, wow. And it was in North America. And it followed the styles of the sequels in terms of morality and musical numbers. And this is something I do remember from church. Because... <laughs> 
We had, if you went to the kids section, you had all the children's Bible stories on DVD. You had the Prince of Egypt, of course. Yeah. And you had, for some freaking reason, and now I understand why, uh, due to Stephanie's points, um, <laughs> that time. the land before time and everything following after it, because it was so, like, they, they found it to be appropriate. You gotta get those Thomases. You gotta get all those Thomases as early as you can. Yeah. <laughs> Just that. It's funny because I was gonna make a Prince of Egypt reference when he was talking about that. He's like, yeah, believe him. When you believe. Also, I don't know if we've necessarily even seen the last of the sequels because the most recent one was in 2016. 2016? 2016. They're probably going to be continuing. There was an 11 year gap, admittedly, a 9 year gap. It is called The Land Before Time, and time is apparently endless. Yes! Um, (laughs) The dinosaur didn't live that long, yo! That's crazy. So, yeah, there could be another one coming up. Good God. That's insane. So, on the topic of the animation art, how would you rate it? For this film, I would say the animation art is actually... I'm going to give it a four and a half. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it a four and a half. Uh, I'm demarking it because a lot of continuity errors that weren't related to the uh, the cutting of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because there were moments where there was obviously a line that a character said and there was no lip sync. Oh, um, yeah. And then there was a, a couple moments in that scene with um, there's a couple moments in the scene with the T-Rex where Ducky was being the bait where she was legit not colored. Oh, she was white, completely oh, wow. and yeah, utterly white. I she she was not sloppy, so sloppy, <laughs> and I was just like, okay, this would not pass. Yeah, at all in most films. So. There were a lot of moments where they were trying to like play around with ambient light and coloring and stuff that like was a little bit confusing like they were pushing it too far or like dialing it back too much like there are moments where like obviously it's supposed to be sunset so like um little foot is gold instead Mm -hmm. of green but like it's like he is gold gold it's not like he's like too much yeah it's Mm -hmm. just too and it's weird because he's not supposed to be green either. His mm-hmm. color scheme is supposed to be like a grayish purple. So, like, it doesn't really make sense. Like, I agree with you completely. Like, the color yeah. scheming is completely off. See, that brings my point up even more. So, I don't know what color little foot is supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> like, How do we stay on target? How do we stay so on model? It's <laughs> hilarious. Yes. Um. I did think the uh, scene with the mom battling the T-Rex, I thought that was really well animated. Oh, it was very mm-hmm. well animated. Oh, that scene was great. Yeah, and... that was really well done. And I was impressed, like, the way they animated the mom, like, the way her neck moved. Yeah. You can, like, mm-hmm. really see the weight and, like, the the uh, center of gravity. And the perspective mm-hmm. on it, too. Yeah. Like, just, like, cool. it was so bizarre to see, like, head and then just ne- endless neck. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you're seeing it from what is legitimately Littlefoot's point of view, especially in that very opening scene, but it's mm-hmm. like it's like when you see that, you have the same reaction that Littlefoot does, where you're like, whoa. Yeah. Um, which I thought was yeah. kind of cool. From a staging point of view, it was also very helpful that she was a long-necked dinosaur. Yeah. Because then you could get, like, the whole body in one shot and still have her facing the screen. Mm-hmm. Ah. There was also this shot of um, his mom... 
you know, his family walking through this, like, uh, sort of degraded forest um, where I swear that they took cave paintings of, <gasps> of flora and fauna oh. and reused them. Not reused them, but were in very much inspired by them because the tr- the way that the trees were represented in them felt... They were felt, all like forks. <laughs> they, they were like forks. They were very simplified, but they still worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it worked really well because it felt like that, that early pre... Um, Mm, what is the word? Sort of caveman type of uh, yeah, uh, artwork. Prehistoric, thank you. Prehistoric yeah. artwork. So I I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of the music? It didn't really make much of an impact on me. It just kind of faded into yeah. the background. Like I wasn't very impressed by it. It had kind of a generic feel to it. I, yeah. I felt the same, actually. Like I just... The music had no impact on me, and like, yeah. um, actually, at the end, Carrie was singing the song at the end. And I was like, "How do you even remember this song?" <laughs> I was like, "If this isn't the most like well, the Mamas and Papas like I don't know what it is like '60s folk music ass folk music ass because we watched it at church. Oh That's my why. God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, D's not wrong. Uh, Gary knew every single damn word. <laughs> and she was just thinking along, like, how does she remember <laughs> To be honest, I kind of surprised myself. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's so funny. As far as the music goes, I, I, I'm, I don't really remember what James Horner has worked on before this. But I do think that of the films that I do know he's done, such as Braveheart, Titanic, oh. you know, Spielberg's Avatar... Those had way more impactful uh, oh. works, and they, but they were also his later works. Yeah. So I mean, maybe the one this is one of his first. Maybe? I don't know. Um, so we will have to. I think Dee's looking that up now. But it's one yeah. of the things that when I was when you listen to the music, it's pleasant and it wow. works. What he did the music for Aliens. Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, also an American Tale. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Today we learned. Um. <laughs> Yes, yeah. they are buds. Yeah, so it's uh, one of the things that um, I really th- thought when I was listening to it, it was pleasant. The theming was consistent. The light motifs worked. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you asked me to hum the themes now, I couldn't because they were yeah. that not memorable to me. Yeah. Um, okay. There. I would agree. I It don't leave a big impact on yeah. me. I did think of, there was one part where the T-Rex was chasing Sarah and Littlefoot. Mm -hmm. I thought the music kind of was ill-fitting. It was like very whimsical sounding. Yeah. Even though like this terrifying Oh, da 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 Yeah. Yeah, okay. Right, yeah. Yeah. Finally, I did it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I agree on that part. Mm -hmm. And I will say on the sound mixing, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the music, but the sound mixing, Sarah's uh, little cry. I don't know if it's a scream of terror or whatever that cry that she mm-hmm. she makes. Mm-hmm. It's really high pitched. That has stayed with me for decades. Really? Like mm-hmm. if there's if I hear if I hear that noise, I know it's I know somebody's watching the. Uh, oh, that's funny. The um, Land Before Time because I'm like that Sarah. They're like, okay, you know what? When she runs into the T Rex, uh, when the T Rex is on its back, uh, on uh, in the I guess, like, in the cavern, uh, and she screams, I actually winced 
Yeah, yeah, wake him up. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, yeah. She doesn't really have much sense in that. (laughs) No, not at all. None, none. And then finally, uh, what do you guys, how do you guys think this is held up? Compared to today's standards. I don't think that, like, I'm not sure that kids would be very interested in the first one at this yeah. point. I think that they're ha- they have so many sequels because they've made them more and more geared towards what kids are interested in and less like an all-encompassing story. Yeah, I think, uh, I agree, Dee. Um, I think, like, the pacing, even though things happen very fast, it also was slow in terms of, like, it's just a bunch of dinosaurs kind of wandering. Yeah. yeah. Like, the whole story was kind of just demure. It's just, like, very... Yeah, I agree. Like, There's not a lot of soft and twists or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if kids today would like it. I don't know. I, I might be wrong. But a lot of people probably uh, remember more of the sequels. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I I would agree with that. I think a, a lasting impact. I I don't know if something, like if I ask my little brother who is now who's turned eighteen, he's going to be graduating from high school soon, um, and I asked him and said, uh, "What do you think of the Land Before Time?" He would probably be like, "I don't remember it." Yeah. Because I I mean, and again, he's about to turn eighteen, but I mean, how many? I'm I'm curious about how many people share this with their kids and how kids receive it because when we were at Kid Screen, and for anybody out there who doesn't know what Kid Screen is, it is a uh, it is an animation development conference where executives get together with creators and basically deals get made. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that we were hearing a lot is that current kids generations feel like if it's 2D, it's TV. If it's 3D, it's feature. Interesting. So what they would technically see is that The Land Before Time is a film that was made for TV. Like Stephanie was sort of saying, it feels like almost a TV special. And maybe that's that's how they would receive it now. I'm not sure. Definitely in terms of length, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I think, um, I mean, even now, like, as we were watching it, I, like, I like the other two blue films more, Much better, you know? yes. I mean, it wasn't bad, like, watchable. <laughs> like, I, uh, I, Stephanie, how do you feel about it compared to when you watched it as a kid versus now? It definitely was a much slower movie than I think a lot of kids today would tolerate. Like, there just wasn't... Like, it's not so much in terms of, like, how long it took for things to happen, but in terms of the the number of things that happened. Like, just a story about people walking through a wasteland. I, I don't think kids today yeah. could would really be able to, to yeah. enjoy that. You've got to have a lot more attention span. And they expect this. more yeah. action, too, yeah. in that type of situation. Like, mm-hmm. if the environment's not providing that much stimulus, they would expect more scenes. Like, like even even the scenes in Lake of Fire without the packing cephalosauruses, like pachycephalosauruses, they would still have expected, like, more jumping and dodging and yeah. avoiding of, of obstacles and things like that. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's just them 
walking and talking. And yeah. Yeah. All I, of the resolutions were really easy in this movie. Very yeah. easy. Very, oh, that's true. Easy. Yeah. Uh, and oh my god, I I wanted to bring this up. I felt like all the tropes from this was also present in the Disney movie Dinosaur. I never saw that. You never saw it? No. The plot was basically the same. Really? So basically they're... Yeah, you've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically the whole plot is they're going... Like, there was a meteor, so plants are dying, so they're finding uh, a new land (laughs) with, like, plants and stuff. (laughs) Literally the same! And the villain, I think at one point, the villain um, is leading all the dinosaurs towards one path, and the... uh, the main character oh is trying to draw him like, no, you're going the wrong way. Oh we gotta God. go the other way. And then the villain, the antagonist, like, whatever, don't listen to him. And he's also very stubborn and bullheaded, and he leads everyone wow. to the wrong path. It's like, is there only one way to make a dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, there's I mean, not. We can have the meeting people. Everybody <laughs> says the like Disney dinosaur movie is like not good, but. Like, the, even the villain in that movie has a stronger basis than this. There is no yeah. villain in this movie That's watching it as an adult. I mean, yeah. the like, shark, as a kid, I He's more of an antagonistic the, force yeah. than a villain. That's yeah, true. like, as a kid, I thought that was a villain. But, like, as an adult, that's not a villain. That yeah. is another animal trying to survive. Like, that's true. That yeah. is, like... One of the things I was wondering, too, when I was watching that, like, are shark, is Sharktooth not sentient? Is he just an animal? Or is he just oh. not... Willing to speak with herbivores. Ooh, mm. food. Uh, why, why was it that <laughs> don't play with your food? Yeah, because like you know, in modern movies now they would probably all have to have like a song about why they like to eat. You know, herbivores. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But in this one, like I kind of just felt like because there was every like when you know you look at um like Sarah's dad for example how racistly pragmatic he was. <laughs> like yeah. I kind of wonder if like if you would have had a scene like that, a sharp tooth would be like, and don't. Don't talk to any of the flat teeth. Just eat the flat teeth. <laughs> Don't bother wasting time with them. Don't gab with it. They'll run away. Maybe they'll try and trick you or something. Just I want to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see the land before time from Shark Tooth. So perspective. Oh the one thing about his character. My design. family. <laughs> what they eat tonight? <laughs> <laughs> he had forever pink eye too. That's yeah. I was just like, what is wrong with your eye? Maybe he got stoned, and that's why he has major munchies. (laughs) (laughs) Not for kids. This podcast, not for kids. In case we forgot to mention that in the beginning. That's so funny. But yeah, the uh, the, uh, Disney dinosaur movie. No, I agree with D. The antagonist was stronger. Because, like, the antagonist, there were, like, T-Rex-like uh, creatures, but they were just an antagonistic force. But there was a herbivore uh, dinosaur in the movie Dinosaur, mm-hmm. oh, where he was the antagonist. Hmm. I thought the like main character was also a Brachiosaurus. So I think... or am I getting it mixed up with the good dinosaur? Because they're all the same. Geez, Let's be real. <laughs> Dude, I was not impressed by the good dinosaur. That is the well, aside from Cars two, that is the only Disney. The Pixar movie that I was just like, dude, this is. I am not a fan of this. Let's see. Um, 
No. It's a good movie if you've never seen The Lion King. Disney's <laughs> dinosaur was not a brachiosaurus. He was. Yeah, they were all like weird dinosaurs. Like species I've never heard of. Yeah, he was a Carnotaurus. Yeah, and the, the, T, the T-Rex-like dinosaurs in Dinosaur was not T-Rex. Hmm. It's something else. Anyways, the reason why I know this, I really liked it when it first came out, and I had bed sheets. Did you really? <laughs> you wow. had dinosaur bed sheets? <laughs> what year was wow. this exactly? Uh, oh I was in middle school, high school. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. That's why I didn't have a boyfriend <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> or girlfriend. <laughs> Okay, wow. uh, he was he was a long neck, but not a brachiosaurus. He was Elena. Oh my gosh, these names! <laughs> See, I told you. Yeah. I told you. I know my Disney dinosaur. He's an iguanodon. Iguanodon, yeah. Oh, I liked it so much when it first now, came out. Speaking of um, of dinosaur antagonists or dinosaur villains, yeah, even. Even the first, like, um, oh god, why can't, why did the Jurassic Park, uh-huh. even the first Jurassic Park had a T-Rex villain, that T-Rex was an actual villain, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he played with his food. Oh yeah, he had malicious intent. <laughs> he wasn't just hungry. He, he wasn't. wasn't just hungry, he was like, I am going to toy with you, oh, you went in the bathroom, that's cute. <laughs> I thought that was a girl. Because oh, it, oh, it was a girl. It was a girl. She was a female T-Rex. Well, she was. That's why she was smart. She was smart. <laughs> she found a way. Nature found a way. Yeah. Oh. Muffins, guys. That was just a joke. Wait, what, what are your uh, favorite dinosaurs? <laughs> like every... Oh Mine, mine's a Triceratops. Even though Sarah's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or a pterodactyl. I mean, I I grew up in this, this country, so I saw the same movies everyone saw, and I, just, just fucking raptors. Oh. What question is that? What question is that? Raptors are badass. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. Raptors are cool. Chickens are cool. <laughs> <laughs> chickens with long curved claws. <laughs> hey, have you ever met an actual chicken? Chickens are vicious, man. <laughs> But they can't plan or strategize, and that's why that's they're true. mean. <laughs> that's why they're mean. <laughs> I think for me, uh, I I loved the aquatic ones, so the plesiosaur was my favorite. Um, but I, if I had to, that choose... wasn't what Ducky was. Was she? no plesiosaurs are the ones that are. I think I think people consider Nessie a yeah. plesiosaur. Oh, okay, okay, that one. Um, yeah. They're precursors to, if I remember right, dolphins and whales and stuff like that. Um, Very on brand for Carrie Tupper. <laughs> yeah. But if I had to choose a land-bearing one, it would be a stegosaurus. Oh, a stegosaurus. Yeah, a stegosaurus. Well, That's a I think dolphins thing. and whales actually came from like a dog-like creature. Well, no, no, I mean like... Well, she was just saying like... Niche. I don't think she was saying that they were Somehow there were like... From what I remember, and again, this is from a book when I was like eight, so I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. What is that? They are a distant, distant, distant relative before the mammals. Well, okay. Yeah. The only reason why is because I, I too much yes, time. Yes, getting a lecture. A, no, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. This without, is good. Without trying to mess with, I just like so many. Well, the reason why I brought the whole religious allegories to drag around a lot of evangelicals when yeah. I was a kid. So their biggest. 
their biggest proof that evolution didn't happen were dolphins. So I had to spend a, had to spend a lot of time looking up really the cetaceans. Oh, wait, how so? Well, because basically, you know, oh, if we're all if we all evolved. How did they evolve? Where are their legs? Mm. That, that was literally the argument. It's like their their bones are still there. They're vestigial. You you cut them open, you'll see the leg bones. Don't cut open dolphins. Well, I mean, that'd be carcasses. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was they they actually were they were they were a, a land based like. A carnivore. Oh, okay. That was like, I mean, they they not they're not canines or, or or felines or anything like that. But they were initially a land-based carnivore, and I guess they just were close to the water and eventually evolved into dolphins. There, there probably there's a lot of commonality between their shapes. I wouldn't be surprised if that, hmm. but they're they're actually completely separate. Interesting. In terms of that. Well, everybody, I just want you to know that the book I had in 1992, which was written in 1970-something, <laughs> was probably wrong. <laughs> in the book writer's defense, they were also writing about events that happened tens of, of millions of years, years ago, ago, trying to speculate on them, them with fragments of fragments of bone. <laughs> I was like, okay, we found a bone in the bottom of the lake. Okay. All right. I think... <laughs> This is related to dolphins. If are, I were are to Are you guess. sure? I mean, dolphins are the dolphin bones here and a couple strata layer above it. I, uh, the lake's been here for millions of years. I, what else could it be? <laughs> it's a hard job. It's I also thought job. the megalodons were pretty cool too. What, which one are those? Megalodons are the giant sharks. Ooh, okay. okay. The massive, massive sharks. Again, very on brand. Yes, dude. They <laughs> yeah. recently found one. Um, they were there was this little girl combing the beach that oh. were for a famous uh, shark teeth, and no, they did not find a megalodon I, in the you water. You never know. That's why I got all excited for a second. I was like, "That's cool." No, <laughs> um, but she found uh, she found a megalodon <coughs> tooth on the beach, and it was turned over, and she thought it was a rock, and she pulled it up, and it was like seven inches long. Whoa! Yeah, and I'm just like, that's dude, insane. that's crazy. You know the uh, that the the the, the poems the the. I guess what 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 do they call them? Sea cell seashores by the seashore. That uh, what are those types of races? Twister, yeah, not tongue twisters. Actually, we'll, we'll just use tongue twister for now. That's actually about one of the very first uh, paleontologists. Um, it was a woman in the nineteenth century. I read a who, book about her. Yeah. 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 Whoa, that's kind of cool. Yeah, she was really cool. A bunch of dudes tried to take her. Uh, like, would actually go to her. Say, like, they were paleontologists, and they would go to her to help. Uh, to ask her to help them find new things and then take the credit. That's very on brand with male scientists. <laughs> Especially in 19th century. Yes. yes. I mean, this still happens now. Yeah. Eventually, they were shamed into admitting the fact that somebody else found them. <laughs> Wait, Dee, what's your favorite dinosaur? I don't think I have necessarily a specific favorite dinosaur as much as I really like theropods in general like what's a theropod so it's like basically like a t-rex like an allosaurus like a bunch of angry carnivorous dinosaurs (laughs) that run really fast and like so you just like giant mouths on legs yes they're interesting (laughs) in fact apparently uh the most the the what's believed to be the smartest dinosaur Mm -hmm. is a theropod it's the um it's the gosh what uh theropod wait no it's the thor <laughs> I actually think I know what you're talking about. Hey, you don't speak Latin. Don't feel bad. You don't speak Latin. I, I 
actually studied Latin in high school. I oh. should be better yes. than this. Yes. I have no excuse. Yes. Like, oh. <laughs> this one's a weirder one, I'm not though. Saying anything. <laughs> nah. I studied Latin in high school, too. It's actually so. a Trodon. <laughs> so, how do you say it? Trodon. It's just Trodon? Yeah, it's really easy. Oh. I just couldn't, like, form it's okay. in my brain. <laughs> we've, been, we've been saying so many Latin and probably Greek. Yeah, uh, yeah, like phrases. everything's the same now in my brain. Yeah, <laughs> those are also using our alphabet for their language. Yeah, that doesn't help. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So I looked up some dino dates. Dino dates. Yeah. Um. So Littlefoot and uh, Spike were further away from um the T Rex, uh, Ducky and Sarah in terms of time. Um, then T-Rex, Ducky, and Sarah were from us. They were actually close. We were actually closer to them than Littlefoot and Spike were. Whoa! Yeah, Littlefoot and Spike created them about 80 million years. Oh, wow. Uh, they were 151 million years ago uh, was when they were around there. And then, like, um, uh, the, the T-Rex, T-Rex, uh, Ducky, and, um, T-Rex, Ducky, and Sarah were about, um, uh, around 66 to 70 million years ago. Dude. Peach Street was Peach Tree. I actually wrote his name down as Peach Tree too because I'm like I'm like writing in meme speak so I have this like lol and stuff like that already. And I kept writing his name as Peach Tree. Peach Tree. For anybody who doesn't know, we are in Atlanta and. A peach tree is a thing in Atlanta. I learned from my mom that there are 26 streets named Peach Tree. Yeah, so if wow. you're ever in Atlanta and you're trying to find Peach Tree, Godspeed. <laughs> or just turn right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, 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 we built this, they built this town on a Native American settlement called Standing Peach Tree. So everything is named Peach Tree. I did not know that. Yes. Really? Wow. That's where they built Marthasville. We suck. Okay. We suck. Atlanta. <laughs> But um yeah okay um uh, Petrie Petrie <laughs> <laughs> was uh the distance in time between him and uh Sarah Ducky and uh the T-Rex was around the same length of time that distance us from the first ancestors of ours that separated from gorillas wow so they were no way contemporaneous with one another Hmm. Yeah, maybe that's why the narrator said this is the first time they've ever <laughs> reacted. <laughs> Littlefoot was nearly extinct. Oh Littlefoot had been gone for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> it's his phantom. Oh my god! Like they, they, if they had found Littlefoot's bone, like if there were archaeologists then, you know, like so, these people, archaeologists have been like, what is this ancient creature? This long neck, bizarre monstrosity. And now we start formalizing like our understanding of dinosaurs in the 18th, 19th century. But did ancient people like find dinosaur bones? Like, Sometimes. Yeah. What did they you... think of them? Dragons. Well, dragons. there's dra- That's a lot of people actually yeah, think that's, that's where really... the idea of dragons came from. Though I do remember reading in church. So again, the factual <laughs> nature of it is likely wrong. Um, but. I remember them saying that um, in medieval eras and things like that, if you ran across, you know, fossils of any kind like that, they were destroyed as tests uh, for um, from from God as like 
basically Satan. So that came from that idea came from that long ago. No, I don't, I don't so. think that's correct. That's what the church likes to tell. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure so, it's propaganda. So oh, yeah. Oh, I see. Again. Oh, okay. You know what's bullshit? There was this girl that I knew in high school who did not believe dinosaurs were real, and you would think that she was a hardcore Christian. No, she was an atheist. What? So, Why would like, she think dinosaurs? She think that they were just plants by scientists to be found, like. Oh, so what? she was a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, but it was but like, why? well, you have no basis to, like, I can understand, I mean, I can't and I can understand, like, religious people uh, believing that dinosaurs are fake, quote-unquote, because it, it clashes it with their beliefs, Yeah, right? But if you're an eighth, like, why? Why do you Everybody likes this? a conspiracy. I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, like um so there 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 for one of them of course was the um the the dragon myth, right? Uh, mm-hmm. that, that that one's that one's just a more of a suspicion. Uh, but one of them we do know is that there's uh, in North America, um, in the Dakotan Badlands, and the people who lived there thought it was a great spirit. They're, some of them are great spirits. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, the one that I don't believe, that, I don't know why this one didn't come to me immediately. That's where the myth of the, um, well, it wasn't just dinosaurs. Yeah, it couldn't have just been dinosaurs. Sorry, I was going to say the myth of the Cyclops, but that, that, that was, that was, that was. Um, oh, right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's from elephants. Not it's from... the it's mammoths. Mammoths. They yeah. were fine. So what, the idea of why uh, the cyclops were considered a thing is because if you look at a skull of a mammoth or an elephant, it actually looks sort of like a human skull with a single eye socket. Whoa! And the eye socket, quote unquote, is actually where the trunk comes out. Right. But they thought, oh, oh that's where the eyes were. Whoa! So yeah, it's it's oh, actually kind of cool. Although they did find the femur of a rhino of a oh yeah of a rhinoceros, and they thought it was like a giant that got hit by um, a uh, a bolt from um, from Zeus. Like they they, they thought they were a giant that pissed them off. But one thing to keep in mind about fossils is that there there are very little of the ancient creature remains, and like the remains that are there, they're they're not actually even the the bone itself. Like they've uh, minerals have leaked in this whole process of fossilization where they actually convert it from biological material into minerals, which is the only reason why a lot of them survived to this era. So, like, I don't know if they would have had really much of an opinion on it because well, finding enough of it to even suspect that this was another entity would have been extraordinarily difficult. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until 1677 that um, anyone actually said, hey, let me start actually like categorizing and dictating what these things are mm-hmm. yeah so no modern science so That's interesting the process of saving one of these things i mean it's a million it's a what you're talking at 65 million year minimum old bone yeah mm-hmm. wow so and then you have to pray that no one's going to grind it up and try and smoke it oh yeah <laughs> Ancient people love doing that. No matter where you go, someone, some, some random German tribesman is like, "I bet if I smoked that, I could talk with the gods." <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, and um, uh, and oh man, yeah, you guys probably don't listen to a Joe Rogan podcast. I've come to dislike Joe Rogan, but oh, there's don't a- say that here, Havana. <laughs> You're gonna get trolled now. Probably, whatever. <laughs> No. But anyways, uh, there's a great episode with a paleontologist that he does. And Joe shows the paleontologist um, like a dinosaur denier. And like 
he will play the uh, denier's YouTube video and pause it, and then the paleontologist will explain why it's just bullshit. But it's like the most spectacular uh, display of nerd rage. (laughs) But like he also brings up, you actually learn a lot about paleontology, and uh, it's just interesting because like a lot of dinosaur deniers think that there's uh, big paleo. <laughs> so there's what? Yeah, wow. and what? And the paleontology literally like, dude, I literally bartend to pay rent. <laughs> yeah, there's no big paleo. I'm not getting paid millions <laughs> for this stuff. Oh my gosh. So uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So look out for that uh, episode. I think there's probably like clips of the nerd rage on YouTube, but that's a good one. Wow. Well, you're, you're probably gonna have to. You're probably have to try to watch it on uh, his actual channel because he muted out to make sure they don't get a copyright strike from oh. the uh, the dino skeptic, whatever he uh, called himself. The denier. Because they're usually very aggressive about pol- patrolling that. If you oh, use their videos, they'll take you down, so that way you don't have to worry about dealing with debating people that they can't actually win against. Got it. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Anyways, we have come to the end. Um, yeah, uh, land before time. Not the most memorable, but not bad. <laughs> not bad. Not the worst. Yes, not, not the worst. We have not gotten there yet. No. If you needed a distracted child in the mid-90s, this would do it. This would totally do it. And Shout out to want- Troll in Central Park. Fuck. Um, we'll see you way later. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that. I'm, I'm not looking forward to that. I am so late. But on that, on that note, if our you- next movie will be... Um, all dogs, all dogs go to heaven, go to heaven. <laughs> which is—I I mean, I loved that as a child, so I'm super excited. I'm which really we'll excited. have another guest on that episode. Yes. We will. Yes, that will be the episode that my boo thing Janelle Jones <laughs> joins us. Yay! Um, okay, I'm right. excited about that. Well, for anybody listening, if you would uh, like to comment or talk to us about what you learned today, share your thoughts. Hashtag contact us uh, by hashtag. Blue Society, mm-hmm. and we will um, we'll definitely try to keep up and uh, read what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.